0: I'm Kara, and welcome to the Purpose Driven Mom podcast. Here at A Purpose Driven Mom, I believe in parenting with intentionality, but remembering the grace that God gives us to make things new every single day. I know that mom life can be hard and stressful, and it sometimes feels out of control. But here at A Purpose Driven Mom, the goal is to help you create systems and routines to just feel less overwhelmed, more in control of your time, your parenting, your life, and have more joy in your home. Mom life is hard enough. Don't do it alone. Welcome to The Purpose Driven Mom Show.
1: Hello and Happy New Year! It is our first episode of 2020 right here for you on the Purpose Driven Mom show. This is episode 34, and to kick off the year, I've actually decided to share a recording from a conference that I spoke at during the fall. Sarah Reinberger, she ran the Mom Summit, and I had an incredible conversation with her where we talked about habits, routines, and what is holding moms back from going from overwhelmed to unstoppable. I'll leave a code in the show notes at a PurposeDrivenMom.com slash podcast34 if you wanted to get the recording from this summit, but I thought this was a great way to kick off the year to really get you focused on what matters and how incredible you are. I also want to share with you that this week only, the Ultimate Productivity Bundle has just went on sale. This is thousands of dollars of resources, including courses, ebooks, and principal planners to help you with your productivity. You can grab yours at a Purpose River Mom slash Productivity 2020. That is where I'm going to have my special link for you to get this discounted price. I'm also offering up a bonus if you do purchase the Ultimate Productivity Bundle from my link. I will be giving you a training on how to organize all this material. Maybe you're somebody who buys a lot of courses or you attend a lot of conferences and you have all this stuff just sitting in your email and you don't know how to take action on it. Well, I'm going to give you a training that shows you how I use Trello to break it down completely, to get it set up and figure out where you should start. And speaking of Trello, my masterclass on how to use it to plan your quarter out and track your goals is included in this productivity bundle. So if you've ever been curious about this Trello thing I talk about, if you've been wondering what one of my masterclasses is like, the recording from that class is one of the products here but you have to hurry because this is only on sale for another week and depending on when you're listening to this you might have even less time so go to a purpose productivity 2020 you can check yours out you can snag it and there's also going to be a free webinar in the middle of the week so as long as you're on my email list you are going to get that link to sign up for a free productivity webinar We're about to dive into this recording from that interview that Sarah and I did. I hope you have fun listening to it from another side need to hear me being interviewed for something. And I just want to encourage you as you go into 2020 that you are in charge of how you spend your time and your days. Make it a priority-based life. This year, don't feel like you have to conquer everything. Don't feel like you have to do everything at the exact same time. Take a breath and pick what matters the most to you for January and go after that. If you want even more tips, make sure that you're in our Facebook community. Again, I'll link it in the show notes or over on my Instagram. I'm at A Purpose Driven Mom. I'm going to be starting a Monday morning show. For a little bit of motivation, I'll be doing it in our Facebook group and over on Instagram. And we're going to check in with each other every Monday morning. I will be announcing the time very soon on my Instagram. So just make sure that you're over there. Again, tag me at A Purpose Driven Mom. And I can't wait to see what happens for you in 2020.
2: Welcome to Mum Summit 2019, where we are finding simple and practical ways to create success through the chaos of motherhood, helping you go from overwhelmed to unstoppable. I'm Sarah Reinberger. I'm an occupational therapist. I'm a mum of two girls, the founder of Empowered Space, and I'm your host for this awesome event. Now, today we get the incredible expertise of Cara Harvey. Cara's a wife. She's a mum to a 12-year-old stepson, a -a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, a two-year-old son, and she's a woman of God. She works as a mum empowerment coach, and her mission is to provide women with the tools, the resources, and the community to reach their goals, empower themselves, get happy, live a life by design. She does this via her blog, her podcast, virtual community groups, and e-courses that help women learn to balance their lives, their finances, their schedules, their health, and of course, themselves. She's the founder of A Purpose Driven Mum, and she has kindly offered her time and expertise to chat about habits and how they create our lives.
1: Hello, Cara. Hey Sarah, thanks, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat to Ah,
2: oh, me too. And when we started talking about this, I just knew this was stuff that women really need in their life. Let's dive straight in and let's talk about
1: habits and you know why, why we need them. Sure. Yeah. When I started working in habits, it was because I had needed them. My life had kind of imploded a little bit. I was working 60 plus hours a week as a school teacher and I wasn't seeing my family. My house was a mess. I wasn't taking care of myself at all. My mental health was all over the place. I was feeling anxious and I had, I have a history of like anxiety and depression. I felt all of those things coming back because my life fell out of control. And I started to get back into habits and routines because I knew that it was at least in my control to decide how I was going to start and end my day. So that's where I started with like the morning and the evening. And now I use habits in every part of my life. Like absolutely everything I do is surrounded by different habits and triggers. So when I think about the person who needs habits, it's pretty much like any mom who's ever sat down at the end of the day and been like, what just happened today? Like, what are we doing? I feel like a mess. I feel out of control. And that person who wants to reclaim their power back in what life is taking from them? Mm. It's so.
2: Um, it really sounds like you sat back and thought, uh, "How do I get more intentional in my day? How do I really focus on what matters?"
1: Yeah, intentionality is big because the thing is, time like it passes; it's finite; it's going to go away. But if I can end my day feeling like, "All right, I did my best and I lived purposefully," I don't want to end my day feeling like throwing my hands in the air and just saying it is going to be whatever it's going to be. I don't want to pass through life. I remember working with one of the moms that I coach and we got to the end of the year. And she said, I feel so sad because I can't even remember anything that happened because I was just like going through motions. Mm -hmm. And that always makes me think about other moms out there that are, are in the same boat. When you get to the end of the day, the week, the month, the quarter, and you're like, I can't even think of a goal I hit or something I worked on or something that brought me joy. Um, It's because they weren't living intentionally. And when you add in routines and habits, it allows the rest of your life to kind of flow nicely so you can fit in the things that matter to you. So you can sit and look back and say, I wasn't just worried about how clean my house was, or um, the lunches that I packed for my kids, I was able to fit in time for me as well.
2: Oh, so important. And I think as, as mums in general, I mean, the, uh, the word self-care just, you know, gets thrown around a lot and some people really hate it and some people love it, but the idea behind it, you know, that creating a life in which we don't want to run away from, in which we enjoy living in every day is so important. So it sounds like habits are a big part of doing that.
1: And I think, and when I think about self-care too, I think about anything you're doing to like, prepare your future self, right? Like anything you're doing to take care of you better. If you're sitting and making a, um, I just finished a six week meal plan. Like I I do meal planning for dinner, like at least a month, if not six weeks in advance, I just sit at one time, I have a routine and a habit around it. And I get an hour, and I get the whole thing done and I don't have to worry about it. But that's, that's self care to me because I'm taking away the stress, the nervousness, the, Oh, it's 4pm. What am I going to make for dinner? All those feelings, right? But it's also self care to like, have my workout routine and that habit or just even like before I go to bed the things that I do like all those things are helping like the you for tomorrow just live a best your best life and I think that routines and habits can tie into self-care it doesn't have to always be what people think like let me have a glass of wine and have a bubble bath like that's nice but when you're in the day-to-day doing those little things to prepare your week, even sitting with your planner and planning out your week, you're going to have a less stressed week because you took that time to be intentional. And that's where habits can tie in with self-care for any mom out there, whether they like the word self-care or not.
2: Mm. I love this. So tell us about, let's get into the meatiness of creating habits. Like um, what are we creating habits for and, and
1: how do we make a start? Okay, so if you're looking at your life and you're like, I feel kind of out of control or a hot mess or whatever words you want to use and I don't even know where to start. Uh, I always ask moms to look at the categories of their life. You're going to look at things like your top priorities. If it's like your family or your health or your spirituality or um, you know, your self-care, like what are your top priorities? What routines and habits do you have around those things? And how would you rank them? So if I'm going to say that like, my mental health is one of my top priorities, but I have zero routines and habits around that, well, that's an area that you can always start in. If I'm saying, um spend time with my kids, my, my little, they're in preschool. And so I'm teaching my four-year-old like how to read. And if that's important to me, but I have no routine around that, right? That's something that I want to create a habit around. So I always say like, first look and say, what are my top three priorities? What habits do I have around those top three priorities? If I can't think of any, if I don't have anything that just like rolls off my tongue and I feel confident about, then I would start there. If you're still like, I'm not sure, I always recommend what I call bookending your day, your morning and your evening routine. You can control not a lot. But you can control how you start your day and how you end your day, those first few minutes and those last few minutes. The rest of the day could be crazy. And that's okay. That's how life is. But if you spend time in the morning doing three to four things that will set you up for success, and you close out your day doing three to four things to set up tomorrow for success, because I truly believe an evening routine is more important than a morning routine. Doing things like loading my dishwasher, looking at my planner for the next day, or sitting in gratitude, that lets me go to bed ready to conquer the next day. Whereas if I wake up in the morning and my dishes are all over the place and I didn't clean up the counters and lunches not made, I'm already behind. So if you're not sure where to start, look at your bookends, your morning and your evening. And I actually recommend you just pick one. A lot of times what I find women do, and this is a big problem when we start to tackle goals, is we do too much. It's like if you've ever tried to go on a diet and you're like, well, I'm never going to look at a carb and I'm not going to sniff chocolate and I'm going to say no sugar for the rest of my life. And then my Tuesday, you're like, whatever, I'll try again on Monday. You know, That's the same thing we do in all areas of our life. We, do, we try to do everything to be perfect. And then we get caught into what I call perfection um, paralysis, where you're just like, I can't do anything right now, so I'm just going to not do anything. I'm just going to like, stop. I recommend starting with one thing and getting really good at it it's okay if your habits take you a long time to develop because like you're going to live your life. You can always add things in, but instead of trying to be really great at everything at once and not being good at anything, pick one habit that you want to start with and get really good at that. Um, That's where I add in to the women I work with. I always talk about habit stacking and this is the concept of you take your habit, your routine, and you create like a couple things that you want to do to grow this. So Let's look at the morning routine, for example. I say four things that I want to do my morning routine to like start my day. So say I want to get up and have like prayer and quiet time. Um, I want to do some learning in the mornings when I do my learning time. I watch videos, um, things like that. I want to um, unload my dishwasher because that's important to do in the morning to start my day, and I want to start laundry. Say those are my four things that I'm going to do in the morning. The first week, just do one of them. Just start with the prayer and meditation or whatever your quiet time is or whatever you, you know, pre-identify. Do that for a full week. Track it. See how you do. Did How many days did you do it? And then the next week, you're going to add it in. So you're going to do your quiet time and you're going to do your learning time. By the week three, you're adding the third thing. By week four, you've added the fourth thing. And instead of trying to do everything at once, you've done small steps You've set yourself up for success. You're feeling pretty good. Um, And now you can say, all right, well, now I'm going to add in a second habit. And you do like a parallel habit. So once you get to the fourth week, then you can add in the evening routine. So you're doing all four things for your morning routine and then one for evening. Then you do two for evening. And then you can add and grow. Because otherwise you're just gonna work on your morning routine for like six months because it's never gonna be perfect. You're always gonna have mornings where you wake up late or whatever. So um, that's how I recommend you conquer it. Um, start with those bookends, start with small tasks. And this is good for people who um, say they're not morning people. Like I used to fight getting up in the morning. It's still hard for me. I've run in my house, like my kids are up at like five, five 30, like there's no sleeping in really here. So morning for me is pretty early and I struggle with that sometimes. But instead of saying, I'm going to get up two hours before my kids and do all six things on my list, the first week, I'm going to get up 15 minutes before them and do one thing. And then the next week, I'm going to get up 25 minutes and do two things. And then you start to train your body at the same time. So that slow and steady build creates lifelong habits, not just these things I'm going to like try to jump in and I'm setting myself up for failure.
2: Mm. And it sounds like a really big part of that um, is like when you said you're training your body for that as well it's also an opportunity to prove to yourself that you can follow through with what you committed to and I I think that can be really it can be really hard to do that you know to be in integrity all the time with ourselves because there's so much going on in our life so (laughs) I wonder how big a challenge that is for women to actually stick with it.
1: Yeah. And I think what's important too is you actually track it because then you can make your own personalized goals. So I always um, talk to women I work with and they'll say like, well, I only did my morning routine two out of five days. And I'm like, stop saying you only did it. You did it two out of five days. Change your language, celebrate what you're doing. Um, and I give them some top love on that because when you're saying you only did this, you're beating yourself down for the success that you had. And then instead of saying, well, I'm just going to quit or I'm not meant to do this, then next week, Instead of shooting for five, can you do three? Can you try three? And what you're gonna find is you're probably gonna do four. And it's that pushing of showing yourself and developing that belief system. The reason I believe in tracking it though, is because yes, we should be internally motivated to do things and that would be great. But you need to um, do something external while you build your internal muscle up. Like that's, it's hard to motivate yourself to do things. It's something I work at every single day. It's something that I struggle with sometimes and I have to push myself. So I make charts in my planner and I'm making checklists and I reward myself when I get things done and I celebrate the small wins because I would quit otherwise. And so you have to create a plan. And um, the other thing I'll recommend is if you're, you're doing this, so say you develop this evening routine, these are my four weeks, this is what I'm going to do. You track it and you track progress, not perfection. You track it and you say, I did this, I'm doing this, I'm growing here. Some weeks, maybe you don't hit your goal at all. So maybe you stay on that habit for another week. You don't grow, you don't add anything to it. You don't have to, it's your pace. But come up with a reward for yourself. I'm going to work to stick to my evening routine 70% of the time, um and by the end of the month i'm just going to like take myself out for coffee or i'm going to go buy that book that i wanted to get or whatever it is for you that motivates you and don't make it 100 because it's not going to happen but make it a realistic number and track it because if you don't you don't know the progress you're making i can't tell you how many women i talk to and they're like well i didn't get any of my goals done this didn't happen i had a rough couple months and when we really break it down and i actually look at their numbers they're like oh wait i actually did so it's that weekly reflection it's that Weekly, like looking at the data, personalizing, growing your habits at your own pace, not anybody else's, that's going to allow you to see success. But you have to work at it, mm. hand down.
2: Yeah. And I think oh, you touched on so many things I love right in there. You know, one is language and how powerful language can be and how tough we can be on ourselves as women, as mums, as, you know, women working as there's so many things going on in our life and we can be really tough on ourselves you find that with the women that you work with too
1: yeah i mean it's hard i deal with it too where i compare myself to, to other people and i think well this person's doing these things why am i not able to do that but I've gotten to the point and it's been, I've probably been working on my mindset for about eight years now. So um, before that, I thought like personal development was a joke. I was, I'm not doing that. Like that's silly. I would like duck, like tuck and roll in the personal development self-help aisles. Like nobody could see me <laughs> <laughs> The book upside down. I thought it was so silly, but it wasn't until I started working on that like little muscle that my belief system in myself has grown and I still have tough days, but I now catch myself in the middle of negative self-talk. And I'll be like, whoa, we're not doing this today. Nope, nope, nope. Like I just, I stop myself. Um, and start to catch yourself when you do it because you'll realize how badly you're speaking to, to yourself. I had um, a therapist that I was working with from for my uh, anxiety and she had me go through, we did some like cognitive behavior therapy and I went through and would track my negative thoughts. So there was like a chart. She had me write them down, tallied them. And I guess at the end of the day, and I thought, oh my goodness, like what is happening? Like all of this. And that was a big eye opener for me. Um, And as moms, I think if I wouldn't say this to my daughter, then I need to not say it to myself. And so a phrase that I have, I say to friends of mine or women I work with and myself is whenever I hear negative self-talk, I say out loud. So I probably look silly saying it to myself, but I'm like, stop talking about my friend like that. So when I hear other moms saying it, or if I'm out and I heard um, a mom friend of mine, she forgot to do something. We are at church um, last week and she was like, oh, I forgot to do this. Oh, I always mess things up. And I was like, stop talking about my friend like that. Because we wouldn't talk about our friends the way we talk about ourselves. At least hopefully we wouldn't, right? And so when you interrupt it, as silly as that is, like she looked at me and like laughed a little bit, but she stopped, right? And was able to stop and reframe. So sometimes you need like a jolt. Sometimes you need that little like silly thing to bring yourself back. So when you find yourself getting into negative language, it's hard and you have to work on it, but make it a goal to start just like recognizing it. And then trying to do it a little less, and then coming up with a statement or an affirmation or some way to reframe it, and then it becomes it becomes easier when you catch yourself in that that negative chatter to pull out. Like it, it takes me a lot less time to pull out of like a negative spiral than it used to because I work at it every day.
2: Mm. Practice, 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 isn't it? And that um, that remembering that repetition is. Uh, is so powerful that if we are continually repeating this negativity it gets ingrained in our subconscious in who we are and our identity and and we create our thoughts and feelings from that place too so um yeah that I, I love that idea and I love that exercise of writing down all of those thoughts because I think we just have so many of them that we don't even realize that they are popping up for us all the time
1: Yeah. And it's a good way to stop that habit. So, um, with habit stacking, you can grow them, but you can also decrease things. So an example, let's look at this, this, uh, negative thought. So so you take a week and I'm big on like, take the data. Like you need the baseline data. Like you have to see where, so you can grow. So take two days, take a week, track all of your negative thought patterns, write them down, make tallies. It'll take some time and then make a bull for next week and say, wow, it looks like during the day I said 50 negative things to myself. I'm going to make a goal for next week that I'm I'm not saying more than 40. So when you get to like 35, you got to stop yourself, right? You're going to start being aware. And then I'm going to say 30 and then bring it down to a level you're comfortable with. And I use this for silly example would be like the kids TV time. I don't like it. I don't like a lot of TV. We watch it, but there are some weeks where like, um, they just watch more TV. And so. What I did once is I tracked how much TV they were watching. And then instead of being like, oh, we're never watching TV, this is not gonna happen. I was like, well, let's just decrease it. I'm not gonna make it a thing. So if your kids are watching, I don't know, we'll say like 10 hours of TV a week and you're not comfortable with that. Well then next week, just make it nine. So can you find 15 minute pockets to, you know, can you put the TV on a little bit later, turn it off, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be until you get to zero. You go to a place where you're comfortable with what's happening for you and your home. And that's any habit and any goal. So not only can you have it stack up, you can have it stack down into a place that works for you around your own routines. Mm, That's amazing. So
2: um, in terms of... Uh, how it works for you in the planning kind of stage are you I mean you mentioned with your meal plan you're planning you know six weeks a month to six weeks in advance are you planning on a for your week a week in advance or how does this work for you practically in your family
1: I love talking about planning. Yes, I. It's so funny because like my family still makes fun of me when I was a kid. I had a calendar and I would write down everything I was going to wear, like down to my underwear. Like the entire list for the week, I would plan my whole month. Like it's just always been a person I am. Like I love tracking things and color coding in my sense. And so um, I'm a big planner. Uh, it also if I'm truthful, I like to have a control and it helps. I've learned, I have anxiety. And so I've learned that if I can at least have a plan going into something, it eases my anxiety a little bit better. And so I know that that just helps. And so I do what I can to be proactive, like about my mental health in that way and planning helps me go in with the picture. So what I do is um, I use Trello. I don't know if you've ever used Trello. It's like an electronic um, site and it's, it's my favorite thing ever. I, so I am a mix of a Trello is my brain dump. I put my goals on there, um, I put plans, I put projects, but I use a paper planner because I just like a paper planner for my week. So when I'm sitting down on Sundays, I will sit out and plan um, my week. So I have my Trello boards up on my computer and I have my planner in front of me. And then what I'll do is I, start with the stuff you can't change, right? Like your kids have a doctor's appointment or you have to go pick up drop-offs. So I put that in first. And then the next thing I always add in is a goal. So I will take the time if I've created, I do 12 week goals. Uh, I don't like to do year goals. Um, I think there's a reason that year goals don't often get accomplished is because there's not sense of urgency there. It's why in sales people make the most amount of sales in like the last week of the year, right? Or you say you're gonna lose 30 pounds in a year and it gets to November and you're like, oh I should probably start this, right? So when you do a 12 week system, it's a little bit better. So I will sit um, a couple weeks before the my, my 12 weeks ends. It doesn't always align with the quarter. And I will take a goal and I will break it down using uh, what I call the 15 minute formula. And it basically is taking your goal and breaking it into 15 to 30 minute chunks. And I literally will map out what I'm doing each week. So if I have a goal of decluttering my entire house. Say that's what I want to do for the next 12 weeks. I'll take an hour and I'll break my entire house down on Trello, in boards. And I will say like, all right, well, this week I'm working on the kitchen, and then I'll make cards that have like I don't know spices and Tupperware or whatever. And then the next week I'm working on the kids' clothes, and then I make spaces for it. So I like I pre-plan it. So then when I sit down, I can just plop things in where they need to go. It, it lets me see it, um, and I really recommend that if you're working on habit or routine goal, pre-planning allows you to see the end. If you you can't work without the end in mind, like you have to know where you're going to make steps. So then what I'll do is I put in 15 minutes a day to work on one of my goals. Just 15 minutes, like that's it, because anyone can do 15 minutes, right? And so I put it in every single day. Then the next thing I do is I put in my routines. I haven't even put anything for the kids in, okay? Like this is me first, and I recommend this to every mom. Like you need to put in things for you first. So then I put in what routine I'm working on, my morning routine, my evening routine, whatever. And I like to put a little chart, I'll track it, some stickers, whatever I'm gonna do with that. And then I add in learning time. So every single day, I do a minimum of 15 minutes of learning. Now I have podcasts going all day. It's always like in my pocket. I'm folding laundry. Um, I added it up. I I do like three to five hours every day of just like, I'm putting it in. Like I, I, it's so important to me, but I do at least 15 minutes. So maybe there's a course I want to take. I might go through and map out what modules I'm taking. If I want to finish this course by the end of the month, how many modules do I have to take when and where? I like really plan all of that out. So then when I'm doing my planning, it doesn't take as long. So then I put that in. Once those things are in, then I put everything else. All right, I need to go get cupcakes for the bake sale and I need to wrap this gift and call my grandma and do all those things. Um, But that's how I start my week. It's always stuff that, like I can't change, a 15-minute goal, a habit or routine, 15-minute learning time and 15 minutes plus, obviously, but starting with at least 15 and then everything else. Everything else needs to go last because if not, you go last. And that starts that spiral that we often get into as moms, where we don't believe we're worth it. We stop caring about ourselves. We become mom and nobody else. And we lose our identity, which then just, you know, the whole thing kind of explodes a little bit. So that's always how I recommend when you're sitting to do planning, you do that. And then you have to be flexible because stuff happens or it doesn't happen. But at least if you set your week up this way, you're, set up for like maximum productivity because you're like, I already know what's going to happen. And then I do that Sundays, probably takes a half hour. And then at the end of every night, I take five minutes and I do the same system, but smaller because I don't need to do as much. And I just review what's going on tomorrow. What's my goal? What's my habit? What didn't get done today? Great. And then I'm good and I'm good to go. Um, And I will say the weeks I do it. So this week I actually did it. I don't do it every week perfectly. Like it definitely, there are weeks where like it doesn't happen. I feel and know a difference this week. I stuck to that plan and I got a lot done and I was like way to go (laughs) like way to go and then I if I go to the end of the week or if you get to the end of the week and you realize like you're getting a lot done or you realize you didn't get a lot done the question is always why why did I get so much more done this week than last week well because every night before I went to bed I did my planning in advance Right? Why didn't I? Well, I got distracted by this, or this is what came up, or I wasn't able to work on this. So it's not blaming. It's not saying you stink, like you're such a loser. You can't do anything. See, I knew you were going to fail. All the things we tell ourselves. It's like taking the emotion out and just looking at the data and saying, okay, this is what happened. This is why it didn't happen. What action can I take to make it different to continue down this path?
2: Hmm. Oh, wow. Oh, that's so inspiring. I just love it. I love it. Um, yeah. And, you know, on that last note as well, someone that we both admire often says, you know, things like I either get the results that I want or the lesson that I needed. And I, I quite like that. I just keep coming back to that. So there's no such thing as blame and, you know, guilt and all those sorts of things are not helpful. They don't serve us in any way. Um, how can I do better next time? is quite a simple, a simple um, thought to go along with that. So I just wonder what are, what are the, the barriers that your clients come up against if they're considering, okay, look, this all sounds really great. I can kind of see, you know, how this would work and I love the idea of it and imagine being productive and having a goal and putting me first. What are the barriers that your clients come up with, with this? Yeah.
1: So, um, I work predominantly with moms and the number one thing is that they don't feel like they even have the time to get started. Like this is too overwhelming for them to even like conceptualize getting started on this. Like, I don't even own a planner. Like, I don't even know like where my dates are, you know, like that, that fear, um, of failing because you don't even know how to get started. It's often uh, saying like the start is what stops us. Like we just don't know how to move. And so that's like one of the biggest ones. It's like, well, I don't even have the time to figure out how to get started. That, that's the biggest. And that's where I always recommend people 15 minutes. Like I'm a huge timer person. So whenever I sit with like new moms, like in our group coaching or anything. And they're, and the other moms are showing up and they have their data because they've been doing it for weeks and months with us, they know. And they're like, I don't know any of this. I just say, do what you can. Like, what can you do in this 15 minutes? If you're showing up to like, cause this Sunday planning, um, the planning I just talked about, I do this live in my group. We do it every Sunday together. And so some of them will show up and I'm like, listen, maybe you're showing up and you don't have anything or you had a hard week or you don't even know where to start. What step can you make? right now? Where can you put a 15 minute block one time? Can you put one 15 minute block in your week to work on one goal? That's all you have to do. Take the first step. And then what almost always happens is they see how much they're capable of. The point of the 15 minute formula that I teach is not that, you know, you need to maximize every 15 minutes in your day. I mean, yes, it's a productivity tips and all those things, but it's seeing the potential of like, wait, I can do so much if I just get started. And when you take away the daunting, like I have to sit for two hours to take this course. I have to sit for two hours to declutter my house or sit for two hours to plan the birthday party or whatever. When you just say, get started, put on a 15 minute timer, put on some music or a podcast, do what you can. And when the 15 minutes is up, it's up. Um, This is a thing I teach about a 15 minute pickup at the end of every day. It's part of the evening routine where you just put on a timer and you pick stuff up. This isn't like, cleaning the baseboards and washing the windows. This is like putting things away. And at the end of the 15 minutes, you pat yourself on the back or you keep going. And nine times out of 10, you keep going for like five more minutes because you want to finish that thing. And then you realize, wait a minute, I just went for 30 minutes and I only planned 15, but I thought I couldn't even do 15. Look at how capable I am. And that's how you start to retrain how much you actually like, how much time you actually have and the belief system that you have. Like that's how it begins. It's that tiny, tiny baby step of taking a little bit of imperfect action.
2: Ah, and isn't that the key to overwhelm? You know, getting out of overwhelm is is just having that space to go, wait, stop. What's this small first step that I can take that will get me over that mark? You know, and it's so true. Oh, I love that. That is so great. So uh, we've... Looked at the awesomeness of habits and how they can really help us shape the kind of life that we want to live, get more intentional about what we want to do during the day, finish our day off feeling, and our week off, feeling like, you know, I've achieved something this week, um, whatever that is, you know, for you. Um, Habit stacking, so starting with one and, you know, being able to add on to that. Um, but also useful for you know decreasing some of the things in our life that we recognize are not serving us as well. Um, Tracking oh tracking the power of tracking I love it I love that so much Um, and tracking allows us to celebrate our success as well and I don't think as mums we do that nearly enough I I think you're right I think we spend way too much time being critical of of what we're not doing
1: and what we're not achieving. Um, So quickly how do you celebrate your success? Okay. So I, um, words of affirmation is my love language. So I tend to give them to myself. Like I will talk to myself and be like, I'm really proud of you today. So when I do well, like, I mean, I will obviously like make my husband say nice things about me. Like even just now I like did my hair and I was like, don't I look nice? Like I really like to hear it, but I know that about me and he stuck with me and he knows that about me as well. But, um, I will say to myself, like, I'm proud of you. Like you're doing a good job. Um, And then on like an actual side, uh, I love reading. And so when I know that like I've done well, like I got a lot done this week work-wise and I could have kept going and I could have kept getting work in. And like right after dinner, I was like, I'm just gonna read. Like I could do this or that, but I'm not like, I'm okay. I'm gonna celebrate myself and I'm gonna take time to read and decompress and do things that I need because I um, struggle with rest it's something that like I have to make myself do. Um, I'll probably should make a tracker and like figure it out because I really need to get some more like relaxing and downtime um, in, I don't do that well, but I made myself today because I was like, no, like, and again, this is me. Like I talked to myself in my head and aloud. I'm like, Kara, you did a good job this week. Like you deserve this right now. And I sat and I read and it was so nice. It was, it was wonderful.
2: Oh, beautiful. I love it. And what a role model as well. And I think uh, these conversations need to be said out loud more often, you know, and making it okay for mums to have that space for themselves, to celebrate themselves, to say beautiful things to ourselves. Because if we're not going to prioritize saying beautiful things to ourselves, who is, you know, and I, I love that idea of, uh, you know, what do I want my daughter to be saying to herself? Do I want her to be saying some of the things that I have said to myself?
1: Absolutely not. (laughs) I want her to love herself. It is so challenging, like being a mom right now, because everything is like compare this or argue this, or this is how things are doing. Everything is a highlight reel. Um, And I think that the more that we can positively affirm ourselves out loud on social media, you know, Don't even like humble brag, like just brag, like it's okay. Um, We feel like we shouldn't say things because it might make someone else feel bad. And I often like, I will sometimes get messages um, on like Instagram and people will be like, you're just trying to make like other moms who don't have it together feel bad about themselves. And I'm like, well, no, that's not what I'm doing. Um, I'm trying to like give hope and inspiration that like, it's okay and I'm completely real about my struggles, but I also need to be real about my successes. And for a while I was like really selling myself short because I didn't want to make someone else feel bad. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard the Marion Williamson poem, um, Our Deepest Fear, but in it, it talks about like our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. And it talks about the fact that like, we need to let our light shine um, and not shrink away because it empowers others to let their light shine as well, I'm kind of paraphrasing it, but it's powerful because it's true. And in my, in my life, in my business, I have always been kind of an overachiever um, and like done well at, and certain things and I've always played it down because I didn't want to make people feel bad. Um, I remember when I was teaching one year and I worked with a particularly disgruntled uh, teacher and one time I was brought up something at a meeting and he was like, will you just stop trying to change the world? Like, this is annoying. And I was like, huh. and it really stopped me because I was like, oh man, I, am I too much? Like. I'm too much for some people, but I realized that like, I'm not too much for me. And by me showing up in my full potentials to the best of my ability, but being real, like if you follow me, like I'm also very real about where I'm struggling and where I'm not, it can allow that other mom to say, I can do it too. It can allow another mom to start saying positive things about themselves and um, speaking life into the things that matter, and then it trickles into our kids uh, and our entire lives and our community and the people that we're around. So I think it's it's so important. Like I want everyone today, like go to your social media and like say something good about yourself. It's okay, and it might be weird, and people will be like, "What are you doing?" The more that you do it, the more you actually believe it about yourself. And uh, I think we need to stop cutting ourselves short because we're afraid of making other people feel uncomfortable about who we are and our success and things that we're really good at. Um, people need to get over it. <laughs> they, they do.
2: And let's not even go into that huge conversation that I must say I really love around people need to be responsible for their own feelings. So no one can actually make someone feel a certain way. They choose to feel that way. So yes, 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 I agree. Um, we need to shout from the rafters we are amazing as women and I you know dangerously paraphrasing again but I'm pretty sure it was the Dalai Lama that said the world will be saved by the western woman Um, you know I think we do have power beyond our own comprehension Um, and I wonder what will happen when we all start tapping into that uh, and you know use it for you know this immense love and benefit for you know the world for ourselves firstly let's start with ourselves you know and then that would trickle down so I love your message
1: thank you so much (laughs) look your um expertise around this is amazing this conversation was really awesome I loved all the turns that it took and it just made me really think about the mom out there that's watching this thinking well this is good that you two can talk about those things, but like I'm sitting here like in a pile of Cheerios, like not sure how to do anything. And I just want to encourage that mom, like but you can because you showed up here to watch this. So show up tomorrow and watch another one and go back and watch it again. Because that work that you do will, um, it'll help your mindset and it'll help you develop that belief system um, and know that we believe in you until you're ready to believe in yourself
2: exactly exactly and small small steps and bearing in mind see that uh, that bench behind me there on the other side of that bench uh hides a whole heap of stuff that was sitting on top of the bench before this interview so no 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 we don't have it all together <laughs> at all and I'm not afraid to share it that's for sure but thank you so much Cara it was amazing to talk to you and I totally look forward to talking to you again I know we will Thank you so much. Yeah,
0: and we'll see you all for another interview for Mom Summit 2019. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that you were able to get some tips to just parent with more intentionality. Make sure you head over to Facebook and join our private Facebook community group. Just search A Purpose Driven Mom and it'll come up. You can also go to aproposedrivenmom.com slash podcast and you will have access to every single podcast, all the show notes, all the links, all the freebies and all the goodies that I have for you. Thank you again for being a part of the community, and I would love and appreciate it if you head over and gave a five-star rating and review. It allows us to find other purpose-driven moms, have an impact on them, and I would love to feature you as the reviewer of the week. Thanks again, and have an amazing day.